Forward sizzle. Mm-hmm. Para. Para. <coughs> Mm-hmm. Let's just get started, mm-hmm. shall we? I'm sure there's plenty to talk about. G'day, everybody. Welcome to episode 285 of Not The Footy Show. You've got Warwick Nicholson. You've got Rob Cox. And we've got the multi-million dollar man, Mitchell Moses, delivering straight away on the investment by Parramatta. We've just come out of Parramatta 17, Penrith 16, with one of the all-time great square-ups in extra time. Cogsmith, Parramatta on the board, Moses is the hero. What more needs to mm. be said, really? Not much, mate. I, look, I think, he did, I think he did pretty well tonight, to be honest. Um, finally, you know, this year, stood up. Uh, probably better than he has in any other game, and um, they got the win. And I and I and I dare say it, and it hurts me a little bit to say it, but I think they probably deserved the win tonight. They were a better team all night. Um, it, it, you know, Nathan Cleary nearly dragged Penrith across the line and got him a, a victory. Uh, I I think he's clearly the you know the better halfback of the two of them. But mm. um, Parramatta's team played better tonight than Penrith did. Penrith are lacking something, mate, and and. Well, I've got my suspicions, so maybe we can have a quick yak about that if yeah, you want to talk about it. I think we should. Let's start with the fact that Mitch Moses, according to all reports, has signed a five-year deal with Parramatta. That will take him through to the end of 2028. The number is anywhere between $1.2 and $1.3 million a season. I've got to give credit to a uh, guy from one of the WhatsApp groups at uh, uh, 2144, so 944. Uh, Nathan Cleary takes the game to extra time with that incredible two-point uh, field goal. And he, t- he sends a message. He goes, Mitch Moses gets paid more than Nathan Cleary. Full stop. That's funny. Pretty good comment, you know, in the, in the oh, grand yeah. scheme of things. Unfortunately, yeah. this bloke, and I've got to say this, <laughs> has a tendency of he'll say something and the exact opposite will happen. He has one of the greatest... Jinxes, mocks, whatever you want to call it, abilities of anybody that I've ever met in my entire life. And uh, uh, not five minutes later, we get the square up of the century with Mitch Kenny getting sent to the sin bin and Mitchell Moses goes down the field. And hey, uh, apparently he is worth $1.3 million because uh, he just won a round four game and gets Parramatta off the schneid and, and to a victory. You mentioned a bit, the bit about Parramatta being a better team. I completely agree. I tried my best to, to hold him in their tracks. I sent out a, a message saying with about, I think there was about three minutes or four minutes left in the game, but, uh, 21 to 10. This is going to be a great win by Para. Uh, I'm not trying to jinx. Credit where it's due. They've been tremendous. And then we saw the end of the game. The thing about Para that impressed me was they just refused to do anything but stick to the game plan that Brad Arthur had put out there for them. It was... Yep. No surprise there, but it was kick to Taruva, kick to Taruva, kick to Taruva, and make him come in, come at them from Paris' left edge. And there was a really yeah. great point that I saw in one of my um, chats. Uh, Lukey Palmer put it together, and he basically said, you know, the back five for Penrith do all the work, but they do so much work coming out of their own end, they never attack because yeah. you go through Taruva, then you go Edwards, 
and then you go Tungo, yeah. then you go Toto, yeah. then you go Edwards, yeah. then you got to kick it. And yeah. there's a play with five minutes left in the game before the, the thing turned on the Paulo, even after the, I think it was after the Oscar try just beforehand. But they did four hit-ups from their back guys, and then the only attacking play they did in the whole set was Isaiah Leoto with a short ball. Mm. And you sort of, and I'll get you to weigh in now, but this is an issue for Penrith. It's worked for a number of years, this, this heavy reliance on their back guys coming out of trouble, but they were down by eight points. They needed to play a little bit of footy. Yes, they got a great try from Hosking, but they left it very late, Cocksmith. Is this a problem with the way they play? Well, no. It's look. It's a problem. What what happens with Penrith is when they get on the back foot. Uh, it's a you know, and, and Parramatta had the pretty much the perfect blueprint tonight to beat them, which is they know they know that Penrith's big forwards aren't going to get back to the mm-hmm. ten meter line or the twenty meter line and make hit ups. Um, you know, because they've just defended pretty much through the middle. And yeah. Parramatta don't really take it to the edges too much either, or didn't tonight. So they, they wear the forwards out in the middle and they wear the backs out off the back of a kick. And poor old Nathan and Luai haven't really got too many soldiers that are wanting to march forward, not from that position anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's the blueprint to beat them. But, the, you know, there are ways around around yeah. that. And, 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 and it's a little bit of a personnel thing, you know, like Taylor May, last year, love him or loathe him, was one of their biggest meter eaters. Um, Taruva isn't Taylor May. Well, um, this is where stats so, are going to laugh in your face, Cocksmith, and I'm not trying to be rude here, but here well, is... He got the ball every time, though. So Yeah, he made 312 metres from 26 carries. Yeah. But, uh, but Taylor May... Yeah. Taylor May is a bigger difference maker than Taruva. And I, I did think um, just quickly about Taruva. He does. I know that there was a penalty given for a high shot. I don't think it was. Mm. It was a uh, no, no, it was. It was. It was in the lead oh, up to the Hosking right. try. Yeah. But Taruva yeah. backs his body into the defence when he he hits the ball up, and so mm. I'm not saying you can't hit him high, but it's going to happen more often than not in the way that he th- turns his body as he makes contact, and that was a mm. lazy one from Makatawa. Got him back up the field, Hosking who was a revelation for Penrith tonight. I've been waiting for him to get into first grade. And um, Luki Garner, I think he went off with a HIA possibly, already got yanked, one of the two. Um, enjoy your South Wales Cup, son, because you're about to uh, miss out on first grade and they're going to put um, Liam Martin in pretty quick smart once he's back from an injury, I think. I think uh, I think poor old Luke Garner left with a broken heart, mate, because once Zach Hosking played uh, you know, first into grade. the second half, it was like, oh, so I can see the future. I can look at the crystal ball and see the future. That, that right. set that he scored the try, which was a great line off Cleary, but he ran the same line uh, off Edwards, who went down a short side, and he got belted. I think it was in the same yep. set. But he got back up, put himself in the position where he could have got belted again. And there was a run early in the game, that he, like in five minutes in the game, that he ran that he was going to get belted. And he squeezed through two yep. defenders. But he proved he's not going to hang back and wait for things to happen. And that's what... That's what Penrith need when you've lost a kick out. I'm not saying he's kick out, but you need someone who's not going to shy away from that contact. And I think Luke Garner's shown us enough in the first uh, few weeks to um, stay uh, in that, yeah. that rotation. I just, I just think Luke Garner, I, I don't think he's a big enough body to be playing on, on the edge there after they're used to kick out. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and yeah, Sorensen plays in the middle when he comes on. So, and so does Lenu. So 
you know, those guys probably don't really want to run out wide. So Zach Hosking will be a good, good. Uh, well, well, we'll see how he goes. But yeah, let's, one game. He did really well tonight. And he showed us a bit when he played for Brisbane last year that he's not afraid of the hard work. He made 55 tackles, too ineffective for the game. That's not a bad effort. When, he, when you basically your job is to defend Nathan Cleary. So yep. he did the job. Look, the Eels, we'll, we'll just focus on them quickly. Um, well, for the bulk of the podcast. But it's just a it, – look, I don't – I'm not trying to rain on the parade. I don't know if you beat Penrith in a game in September that way as much as I enjoyed it. I just don't think Penrith are on that role that they were on the bye last week. It was probably a good thing from a resting point of view, but they haven't played great footy yet this year, Penrith, and that that game plan tonight did them. Do you reckon it can work in September? That that no, I, I don't for a couple of reasons. There's a, there's there's something that Penrith haven't done yet this year that we saw them do last year a few times. Um, they they have the ability, we haven't seen it yet in 23, but they have the ability to attack with their defence. They can really turn their defence up to its red hot. And they didn't do that to Parramatta tonight, not for not for any sustained effort. They might have done it for one tackle or two tackles. But they've got the ability to do it for, for a whole set or, or two sets or three sets until the team makes a mistake. Yep. Um, or they That's get the ball back. didn't do tonight. Parramatta didn't make mistakes tonight. They just... Yeah, according to Aaron Penrith, Rock, three mistakes tonight. But Penrith three. didn't pressure them with that defence that they that they have had in the past. So when Penrith get back to that and hit their stride, uh, I think you'll find teams starting to make mistakes from from that. So they won't get into that arm wrestle where they get to drop the ball onto that ten meter box and um, you know you're battling all night to get out of there. Um, Still not much well, on the we, bench for Para, unfortunately, but. I didn't mind what I saw from William McGregor. He was all right. McIntyre was okay. But that young hands, who's a half that came to Parramatta last year and started playing hooker, mate, they looked a, a much better team with him being able to come on there and, and take over for Hodgson, who it's just not working. He's, it's just not working. Oh, look, I, I didn't mind. Uh, I don't think Hodgson's been bad this year, but I he's not an 80-minute hooker. No. And, and they need someone to come come and play 30 minutes for him to get the best out of him, you know. Um, but t- terrible luck for Sonny Luke tonight for Penrith. Yeah. You know, yeah. he played for about four minutes. And, and he, he also copped a knock in his last game as well, Fox Smith. That's two in a row. I know they had the buy mm. in between, but not looking good for him. Uh, Bryce Cartwright, you, is he back? I was going to say. Party back? Uh, I think it is. Different, well, uh, different, we'll different footballer than what we saw back when he was making all those things happen with Parramatta, uh, with uh, Penrith. But he's done a really good job. For, he's actually, I'd argue he's been in their top three forwards for the year. We'll, we'll see when Sean Lane comes back, what they think of him, mate. That's, that'll, be the, that'll be the thing. Maybe he'll just play on the bench for the rest of the year. You know, and he'd probably be good at that because he, he can play centre 5'8 or back row. So to have a coverage there would be a, a good thing. Um, but what did, what were your thoughts on the what were your thoughts on the Mitch Kenny tackle in in extra time? Should, Do you we, reckon start, it was a big... should we start with Joseph uh, with Junior Paulo's one for a start to just establish? Well, it was a, why we're it so... was a dead set. It's a oh, dead set sin bin. I mean, it's a sin bin that one. He left his feet. Hosking uh, yeah. standing there. He's not falling, and he comes across and and belts him. Uh, yeah. That's a sin bin. That's what it is, and it was unfortunate for Parra because they didn't deserve. They Penrith didn't deserve a chance to go up the field at that stage, but they got one. Cleary goes and kicks the field goal. Then you get to that. Extra By the way, sorry, before you go any further, 
I think the only reason they did that was because Parramatta um, dropped their uh, challenge in. If, if they hadn't a challenge, I don't think they were going to go back and look at that. It was just a penalty carry on. Mm. But be, yeah. because they challenged, I think it slowed everything down because that's what Parramatta wanted. They wanted to slow it down a bit and get mm. the breath. And then the bunker had a good look at it and tipped him. That said, Mitch Kenny on Wanga Blake, I've seen some great square-ups in the past. This is up there in the top five. He was this falling. Is, this, is, this, is, this is, it's, 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 you know, you know, anyone who listens to the show for any length of time, no, I don't like guys getting hit in the head. Don't like it. Mm. You're responsible for it. Hit the guy in the head. That's fine. But if you can honestly look me in the eye and tell me that there's any way known that in any other situation of a rugby league game that actually Klein decides to listen to the bunker or have his own opinion, which he seemed to have, he had in the freedom. Opinion, he had he had the freedom. He had the freedom to make that call. Then every other mm. moment in rugby league, he has no freedom to make that call. He will go. Oh, it's just incidental contact. You know, the body's they're moving fast, and he's he's collected him in the head, and that's just the way it is. There's Kenny's got. No, Kenny wasn't rising. That's the reason he gave. He goes, "Oh, you're rising it, please." It's one of the worst calls you'll ever see, and the only reason it happened is because. He'd already penalised one team for a high tackle, and he got a chance to do the same thing for the other and square it up, and 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 squared it up so that no one could scream at him for Sinbinning oh, another exactly. player. Yeah, I don't so, think I don't think even Gutherson complained about the Paulo Sinbin, and that's saying something because he complained about everything no. else he got tonight. I, I, I look, I'm just glad that the the, the Kenny Sinbin the penalty came into play, but the the Sinbin it didn't matter. It mm. was you know twelve on twelve, and it was Sinbin off that set. Yeah, they, um, but if there's no penalty there, that that could have been very different. But but they they got it, and like I say, Parramatta deserved it. Correct. I think they correct. deserved we to just, win tonight. Just wish that uh, that as you say that decision. It doesn't. If there's still thirteen on for Penrith, I don't think they stopped the field goal. Is the best way I can describe it. I don't think that had that. It's just one of those decisions mm. that you go. I don't. I can't just. No, I, can't I, I think you're right. No, that, so close, and, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I can't sit there and say that Klein's ever going to make that call again on that kind of tackle. The bunker's not going to make that call. He's not going to make that tackle. It's just not going to happen. And it's ah, oh, just bewildering. It's not bewildering. That's the worst part. That's the worst part. We use that word in the conversation we had today. I knew, I knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I said to Nate, my, my son, sitting next to me on the couch, I said to him, he's going to bin him here. You watch. 100% will bin him. Just what, what are you doing, doing NRL? Honestly, just... Anyway, uh, Parramatta get off the, the mark. That's their first win of the year. Um, can I just double check? What's Param- what's Penrith's record for the year, buddy? Two and two. It's one and two. They got a buy in that. No, it's one and two. They got a buy. Yeah. Wow. They'll be Depending running. They'll be running probably up after this round. I think they'll be running about ninth or tenth. They've dropped. Well, they don't drop to fifth, I guess. But they're in. Um, Parramatta have moved all the way to thirteenth. Hold on. They've got the uh, Roosters next week. Penrith have Canberra. Uh, next week, so good luck, Canberra. <laughs> that one. Uh, just on Penrith, good signs from Nathan Cleary. Uh, really busy tonight. His kicking game was pretty good. As you say, uh, the forwards, and you look at the stats of the forwards for Panthers, and they're like there's two players that had double digit runs for Penrith. That's that's not going to make. They missed. Get it. They missed missed Liam Martin tonight, mate. Yeah, they did, and. You're going to lose Sonny Luke next week. So Mitch Kenny gets moved into 80. Uh, 
I think you mentioned in the preseason there's a kid called Summerton they might be able to bring up um, and we'll see where they I do hope, that. I hope they do, yeah. Got players that deserve focus and, and look, they're great players, but they also carry on. Stephen Crichton, apart from a couple of tackles that may have given away penalties, didn't notice him do anything tonight. And what's going on with Jerome Luai? Because that was an interesting performance from him. He was busy, but gee, he was ineffective tonight. Yeah. Look, uh, again, that kind of game doesn't suit Luai, um, where they're just grinding out of their end. But isn't that know, origin? What, what can you do? Uh, not to that like, extent. But you know what I mean? Like that's the that I want to see more from him in those games. Like I've seen him when they're they're flowing, and that's great. Mm. I just want to see there's that like he needed to offer something more. I think he's all he did tonight was run. And I know the argument is always, oh, halves have got to run more. To me, you know, and you touched on it, they didn't use their edges at all well tonight, Penrith. Mm. At all. And no, well, well, I, I think I think part of that problem was, mate, is that um, what it looks like to me, and I could be completely off the mark, but it looks to me like they've lost a little bit of, you know, there was no Liam Martin and no kick out. Right? Mm. So they've definitely lost some impact on the edges. And maybe they've lost a bit of confidence going to the edges because they seem, especially with Garner, you know, no disrespect to Luke Garner, but they were big shoes. They're always going to be big shoes to fill on, on Kickout's part, and and it just looks like that that Penrith style of play, where they they really kind of wind up the back line and then get Kickout uh, to to inject himself through the back line. It's mm. not suiting Garner because he doesn't have the he doesn't have the 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 size and strength to hit holes like Kickout could. But they're still playing that same kind of and so he kind of becomes defense. ineffective. And yeah, attract, you know, you can't, in on the decoys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you watch Parramatta tonight, just on their right edge side, side sorry, on their right side defence or or covering Penrith's left attack, they just numbered up. They're not trying. They're not trying to double up for that for that back row that might get the ball, and that's what creates your gaps when you get players, dub, you know, second guessing the guy inside or outside of them and going, "Oh, I'm I'm going to number up here because or double up here because." He's about to get the ball, and then we need two to tackle him. With Garner, it's a one-on-one. I mean, I saw. I think I might have saw Mitchell Moses take care of Garner tonight at one stage. And he made three runs, so it didn't happen often. Uh, 95% completion for Parramatta at 41 from 43, 87 for Penrith, 36 from 41. You know I'm not a huge lover of those kind of stats, but it, it definitely, and I think this also goes back to where we were telling they weren't using their edges very well, Penrith, but, you know, Moses kicked him into a corner and the defence backed him up. The kick chase backed him up and really well done for Parramatta. So they get off the, the mark with a win. Penrith have lost two of their first three games. There's some other games happening in round number four. The big one is tomorrow night. It's Tigers versus... No, nah, it's not Tigers versus Storm. <laughs> Although, Timmy Sheen's genius. He's just punted the Ken Mamalo contract after the Titans. What are the Titans doing? Well, yeah, I mean, well played, Tim. That's about the best thing he's done since he's been back. But he must have a thing for wingers because he's he's dropped Nofaluma. He raked him. He, he hooked him last week. Yeah. Uh, he's dropped him, and now he's got rid of Mamalo. Is he is he starting to clean the ranks out? Do you think? I think he. I think I, we, we had this discussion. Everybody missed a podcast earlier today. Cocksmith rang me up, and we started. You know, just yapping about nothing and then before we knew it was 40 minutes of of rugby league talk 
and I'm just going, there goes a podcast. But anyway, that's the way it goes. Uh, and, you know, they had to lose a few games for Tim to be able to start sweeping out the the garbage, so to speak. So often Gowie misses oh. out. Um, Nofaluma <laughs> misses <Go> out. <laughs> I'm going hard. I'm going hard. And um, mm. and he's punted Mamalo before he's played a game this year. Uh, it's it's bold, and I guess when you lose three in a row to start the year, you can do whatever you like if your mandate is to change the club. So uh, the other well, game, I, I, yep. I think I think Sheens is a bit like a he's a, like a bit, a bit of a used car salesman getting rid of Mamalo. I mean, who bought him again? <laughs> the Titans, who have got like oh, actually a bunch of good outside backs. They've got good young outside backs. He's used the Jedi mind trick, mate. And they've signed him. And, and what I found found interesting, I sent it to you, but Tim Sheen's mes- message about Mamalo leaving the club, not one mention about his playing ability. It was all about how good a bloke he was. And I'm like, good bloke. Ooh, Top good bloke. Bloke. <laughs> bloke. Making too much money. See you later. Uh, Dolphins, Broncos, the Battle of Brisbane. Uh-huh. Uncle Benny's just dominated the headlines by saying nothing. What a genius. Nothing. Yeah. No comment. What? what... In short... Do you give the Dolphins much hope tomorrow night or tonight no. as people listen to it? No, I don't, mate. I, I think the Bronx will beat them by two or three tries. Okay. Mm. I just, I don't know. Could the Dolphins really start for it, though? Milford scares me. He's just, coming you in, don't he, never know. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get with him and not having their, their big enforcer, Kafusi there. You know, he's, he's there. He's their, their number one hitman, you know. Well, the hitman finally got his comeuppance, didn't he, this week? He definitely he's definitely paid for uh, indiscretions of the past. Yeah, the ones um, that he's skated on, for sure. You know, uh, we discussed this today, so nobody heard it. But, I, you know, in my opinion, I don't think he deserved four weeks for that hit. Mm. But I, I do think that they've loaded him up for other stuff that he's gotten away with in the past. Yeah. And the same thing happened to Jerome Hughes, who... Foolishly challenged a blatant shoulder charge and gets two weeks. So it's uh, it's hurt the Storm and it's hurt the Dolphins. Uh, there was another bit of news that came during the week, Cocksmith, that you did want to touch on. Anthony Griffin. Not so safe. He won that first game and didn't get a two-year contract. So in the space of a week now, he's got to reapply for his job next year. What's going on? Well, it was very surprising for me, mate, because Saints usually re-sign coaches in the first or second round. Mm. Um or, you know, like we, I remember there was a while there for for a little while we'd lead leading the competition after 10 rounds and then end up out of the top eight, usually. Uh, yeah, look, I think they've just had enough. But, you know, I was talking to another mate of mine today just before you, and I'm always, and I said this to you as well, I'm always just be- bewildered. That was when, this is when I use this word, bewildered. I'm bewildered with Saints because it looks like they're, they're, Letting Hook down gently, asking him to reapply, which means they don't want him. Exactly right. Um, so they're looking for a new coach. Now, the first time that I heard this, I had to get hold of my Fox remote and wind it back and listen again <laughs> because they said that the likely replacements are... Yes. Now, now let's not forget, we had the water boy, Steve Price, who... The answer after boy, Wayne Bennett. <laughs> he was the answer after Wayne Bennett. He got shafted. Bye-bye. Then, then we had uh, Mary McGregor, yeah, um, who lasted way longer than we thought he. We, we kept, he could've. kept lasting. They just, <laughs> and then they've got Hook, like the never-ending uh, Tim Tams, wasn't he, old Mary McGregor? Absolutely. And so, 
you'd think by now the only bit of success that St George have had since uh what what was it 1980 1970 something in 2010 was 79 uh in 2010 was when they brought a fair income coach on board. Mm. Other than that, not a whole lot of success. Not, not a lot who, doing. Who have, they, who have they put forward in the media for so, the three so now, most likely? So now the three most likely contenders to take St. George back to their former glory of 2010 and 1979, uh, Ben Hornby, who played in that 2010 grand final, by the way, uh, Dean Young, who I believe also did, and Jason Riles. Three former players that have never coached a game of first grade in their lives, except for Dean Young when he was an interim coach uh, because Mary McGregor was sacked quite early. Yeah. Now, these blokes don't have runs on the board. I know that they're saying that Riles is kind of like the next, next Fitzgibbon. You know, he's a, he's a likely candidate. He's been in yeah. the Melbourne system, in the Rooster, Rooster system. system. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and you brought that up today, playing devil's advocate, and I said, yeah, but what about Adam O'Brien? He was in both their systems as well. Uh, why can't why can't St George just go out and get a a coach? Just go and sign Hasler or sign Jeff Tuvey or sign Flano. Flano, what? Bring bring back Flano six months after you funded him. Well, for why not managing your list? Why not bring him back? Pay him pay him what he needs to be paid. Get him back as head coach. They, Give him a bunch of email addresses so that you know you can send them from different ones. They are reluctant to engage a diff, a, a fair income coach. Mm. And you know what? They, they always say this, don't they, about, you know, the sign of stupidity or, or whatever it is, is, is it doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting things to change. Well, you know the worst if they thing? Hire, yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. No, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if they hire Dean Young or Ben Hornby, the same thing's going to happen that happened with McGregor. He won't be a complete coach. He'll, he'll be, there'll be a guys trying things and, you know, no disrespect to those guys, to be honest. You know, they're probably great guys and, and good luck to them if they do get the gig because they're going to need it, you know. I just don't know why St. George, you know, one of the most famous brands in the NRL, keep doing this. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, mate. Thoughts? Uh, I worry for you when to avoid ending up with a Hornby, a Young or a Riles is because right now, who are the flavour of the month? You got Canterbury with their brand new fresh coach. They've mm. won like two games. And you've got the Warriors also with two wins with a fresh new coach. So all of a yeah. sudden, this fresh new coach, the fresh new Carsmel, uh, we've got to try that. We've got to bring the, the who's the next best one coming through. And yet you've rewind a year and all the first year coaches are barely holding their jobs from 2021 or whatever with like Holbrook and O'Brien. Holbrook and O'Brien. You know, and that's it's just yeah. the way that the, the game you get captured in this moment. And look, we did agree though that we understand why the dragons have basically said hook reapply. But the conclusion that we came to was how did it take them this long to realize that's what they had to do? You've, you've seen nothing in the last two and a bit years from Griffin that says he's taken our club back to great things, and that's just the facts. So yeah. what's and them and them talking about that them even talking about a coach for next year means that they've already they've already resigned a blowing this year out the door. Yeah. Twenty three. We're mate, we're three rounds in. This is the fourth round. So I saw a yeah. tweet today from the Dragons. And it's one of those ones where the media manager gives his phone to the 
star player, in this case, Ben Hunt. And he speaks into the camera and he, he goes, oh, guys, you know, we've got a big game against the Dragon, uh, against the Sharks on Sunday night. I'm going to pack out Cogra Jubilee. I think he named all the sponsors and the whole club in the process. But he goes, you know, you've got to really want you there to behind us. And yet, like, they've already broken news 24 hours early. We're looking for a new coach next year. Mm. Like, manage your club. Manage your club. That's just, you just, poor old Benny Hunt's just lamb to slaughter there. Because, of course, you know, the messages in the response are going to be, well, we don't even know who's going to coach the team now, mate. You want us to go and watch her for the next 26 rounds? My, my thoughts are, my thoughts are, whoever they're going to get, just suck it up, guys. Pay hook now. See you later, mate. Mm. There's your, there's your this year's pay. And get that bloke in now. Now, Riles has already said he won't go this year yep. unless he gets clearance from the Roosters. Yep. Uh, but it, but if St. George says to him, well, it's either now or never, you choose, yep. he might be inclined to take it. I don't know. But of the, th- of the three players they've named, I probably would prefer Riles from 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 reputation. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I'd prefer a, a fair income coach that's been there and done it before and maybe if you uh, had to choose, won premierships. Let's wrap this up with a question. If you had to choose between Jeff Tuvey or Des Hasler, who are you taking? Hasler. Well, uh, you know what, and that and that's probably why he hasn't got a gig. Uh, but if it comes down between Jeff Tuvey and the other three, I'll take Jeff Tuvey. Yep, fair enough, you mate. Know, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, lastly, I uh, hope you've enjoyed the recap of uh, Parramatta's seventeen sixteen win over Penrith. There you go. I almost um, read the script from the NRL there that Penrith should have won. Uh, we've talked about Griffin going, we'll talk about the Battle of Brisbane tomorrow night, but just wanted to end on a, a sombre note, or, or, or rather a celebratory note. John Sattler passed away during the week, mate, and yep. he has very much a legendary uh, status in the game because of what he did in a grand final, playing with the busted jaw for 78 minutes and whatever it was, and the story is he goes back into the change room at halftime and, and tried to push his jaw back into place, and I don't know if I sent it to you, but uh, Danny Levi posted his um, X-ray scan of his face, um, and his jaw is now Jaws. There are three of them, mm. uh, the poor bloke. Mm. And for him to play that whole game with a busted jaw is just phenomenal. But what Souths have done really well in the last couple of days is they've gone back to the grand final 2014 and found a whole bunch of vision of Sattler in the wake of the grand final, during grand final week, uh, singing the team song, and I think it's been a really good way of celebrating uh, his his career as a, as a footballer. And what they're doing on the weekend uh, is there's going to be, in the 13th minute, there's going to be a, um, a round of applause as opposed to a, uh, you know, a minute silence. Uh, so when mm-hmm. the 13th minute rolls around in the uh, Rabbitohs Manly game, the fans are going to just start clapping. And that's going to be the way that they... Um, I guess, honour uh, Johnny Sattler. I guess anything that comes from all of this that I'd just like to, um, I guess, encourage clubs is celebrate your past as much as you can when those legends are still around. Um, because yeah. I think those those moments and the and the, the feeling, and I'm sure Scott Sattler and the family are feeling a, a great deal of um, appreciation for what's going on. But, you know, especially when it's doable, Get your old boys along more than just once a year. Not not all of them, but you can, you know, you're real legends. They should be in amongst the players a little bit more if you can. We're now out of the COVID, you know, bubble situation like we were in for a period there. And we lost a few absolute greats through that time, if you remember, Clocksmith. And 
I don't know, it's just something that, that occurred to me is that, you know, we can celebrate the greats while they're alive as well. And yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with you totally, mate. And I think it's a nice touch, though, what Souths are doing with their, their logo this week. is yes. running the half a logo. Uh, I believe Sattler's logo was ripped off in the half of it was ripped off in that grand final where he broke his jaw. So um, yeah. I think all the players this week will have half a rabbit on their on their chest, uh, which is a nice touch. Um, but I agree with you. I think that I think that clubs should do more, uh, a little bit more to pay tribute while the legends are still around to get to see it. You know, things like retiring jerseys for a week and things like that mm. uh, is great. But having them at the game, you know, getting them on getting them on the big screen and getting them into the dressing room and things like that, I think is probably the step that you know they need to go to. And I think it's great for the ex players. I think it's you know that's they the, feel that's like the, they're the included. And, yeah, exactly right. You know, um, so, yeah, hopefully they, they do start doing things like that. Indeed. Well, that's been episode 285 of Not The Footy Show. That's been Rob Cox. I've been Warwick Nicholson. The multi-million dollar man, Mitchell Moses, mate. He made us look a bit silly tonight, didn't he? He did, mate. He did. I, I'll tell you what, I, I told this today. Um, Gordon Tallis brought something up pretty, pretty I thought, fitting the other night on uh, NRL 360 yeah. where – he, you know, he they they were talking about Mitchell's uh, new contract, one point two, one point three million dollars, and 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 Tallis said, "Look, I don't like it. I, I don't like the fact that he's getting one point two, one point three. It's, and it's not because I'm jealous of his money, but that's that's a winner's check. That's a winner's check, and he hasn't won anything, you know. Uh, and some would argue that that might be right. He hasn't won a he has he won a game tonight, but he hasn't he won, won round a four grand final. He won round four. Oh. He hasn't won a grand final. He hasn't won an Origin series. I mean, he was in a, in a in a team that had basically already won it. But um, yeah, I, good luck to Mitchell. I hope he I hope he makes his. I like this with all players. I hope they make as much as they can and they can run off into the sunset and enjoy their lives afterwards because they probably deserve as much as they can get. Oh. But uh, it, it it is a little bit. You know, you you think to yourself, well. Yeah, they, they got pretty much pumped last year in that grand final. They won tonight, so we'll they see how they go this they year. They made art, just a bit of a irony in the old Talis comment. I wonder if he would have thought that when he signed from Saints to go to Brisbane when he hadn't won anything, whether he deserved his money then. Yeah, he anything. I don't know. I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing I, I, I don't mind about Gordon, though. He was more than prepared to sit down for a year and make nothing mm. while that, that whole contract drama back in, what was it, 90? 96. Six. 96 of the year uh, he, he sat out. They made the grand final that year, St. George, when he should yeah. have played for him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the episode. Congratulations, Para fans. I did my best to mock you. Couldn't do it. Or jinx you, whichever one you want to do. <laughs> uh, but you've got ahead. And uh, we'll speak to you guys hopefully later in the weekend, probably Sunday night, as uh, we wrap yeah. up round four. Um, Absolutely. Love to hear from you if you've got any comments. And uh, Foxmith, take us out. All right, buddy. I'll catch you on Sunday. Pepsi. We are one different. Yep. What do you got? Canberra aren't making the finals this year. Oh, stop it. I'm hanging up. I've got to go, mate. The bars <laughs> are calling me. The honky tonks are playing my tune. What What are you talking about? Not the show. Show? You've been sleeping over there. Pepsi. <laughs>